Hey there, it's Janie Porter, and this is She Just Glows, the podcast. I'm gonna help you find joy and purpose in your life just as it is today. Not tomorrow, not when life is perfect, not when you win a million dollars or your kids finally stop peeing on the seat, but right now. I'm a life coach, a writer, a wife, and a mom of four. And just like you, I spend my days fighting through the pressure to be thin, happy, and have the perfect house and the perfect life. But here's the thing, I've never found perfection. What I have found is that it's so much better to just be real. So grab a cup of coffee and join me like you would a girlfriend. We'll talk mom life, body image, letting go of the lie of perfection, and learning to thrive in the chaos of our world today. You've got your own life coach in your back pocket now. This is She Just Glows, the podcast. All right, I have been putting off recording this episode for so many reasons. I mean, the main one is it's such a salacious title, right? So I'm going to start right off the bat with a bunch of disclaimers, okay? And then I'm going to get into some of this marriage practice that has really helped me over the years of my marriage. Okay, so the first disclaimer, and I'm going to I'm going to back all of this up as we go through the episode. Disclaimer number one, this episode is not about sex. Okay, so if you got all excited, you saw this episode on She Just Closed the Podcast, you're like, oh my gosh, she's going to give me sex advice. It's not happening today, guys. Maybe someday, actually, no, probably never, because that is the last department I am qualified to give any advice in. Number one disclaimer this is not about sex. The second thing I want to share is I am literally in no position to give anyone marriage advice, okay? If if you only knew the events of my last year and a half in my marriage, we're approaching actually 20 years married, which is crazy, um, this August, but I am not in a position to give any marital advice. As always, the flavor that I bring to She Just Glows and to my joy coaching is I'm sharing what's worked for me. You can take it or leave it, but I am not saying I am any sort of an expert on anything. I'm just a regular girl sharing what's worked for me and what hasn't. And speaking of not being an expert, I am certainly not an expert in the topic of submissive marriage. It's something that I find intriguing. It's something that I did an experiment with in my marriage a few years ago. That's why, listen, I'm not an expert. That's why the word experiment is in the title, okay? But this is stuff that worked in my marriage and I read it over again recently and I was like, man, I I really need to do some of this stuff again. This is some good stuff. So I wanted to share it today. Um, Basically, Every other episode here on She Just Glows the Podcast is me reading a post from my website, shejustglows.com, which I have been posting to for a decade now. A lot of these posts that I read are either wildly popular, or I got a ton of feedback, or it's just really timely. And I'm going to level with you because I'm a busy mom, just like you, juggling a bunch of things. Not just this podcast, but a joy coaching business, working with women just like you every day, meeting you in private sessions and helping you level up your life and get excited again and find the spark again that's been covered up in in mommy goo for so long. So that is my life's passion. And I'm so grateful that I get to do what I love every single day. And I thank you for being here. But I go into all of that because doing the podcast this way where every other episode I read an old post that really resonated with you, honestly, it just helps me save time because I'm not researching and writing all new content. I'm simply sharing old, really, really good content. 
right? Which by the way, if you are someone who shares content for your business, know that most of the time people haven't seen all your stuff. So it's totally okay to recycle it, to bring it back so people can see it again. Reuse your content. There is no shame in that whatsoever. And I actually think it serves your ideal customer better by giving them more of this great stuff that you know has served so many people. So that's what I try to do here um, every other episode by reading these older posts. So in this case, this is crazy. I wanted to see what my number one most viewed post was last year, okay? And I was I was thinking maybe it was this one I wrote, maybe it was that one I wrote. I was hacked on Instagram and I've gotten so many people who have found me that way because these hackers over in Nigeria are making it rain money by scamming people and getting into Instagram accounts. It's a whole thing that I've talked a lot about um, because a lot of people email me about that random thing that I shared last year about getting scammed. But anyway, nope. My number one most viewed post of all of last year was this one, this one that I'm sharing today. And it's kind of crazy because to be honest with you, I forgot I wrote it. I wrote it a long time ago, like back in 2016, which I realize that's only seven years ago because now it's 2023 when I'm recording this podcast. But I mean, gosh, you guys, hasn't the world changed so much since 2016? Just in these short seven years, I feel like the world has changed so much. And I can almost guarantee you know, I'm thinking this through, okay, submissive wife marriage experiment. I can almost guarantee you people are just Googling one of the buzzwords in the title and then finding this post, right? I mean, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. So the post is called My Submissive Wife Experiment, Five Things That Are Changing My Marriage. And I wrote this seven years ago. But last year in 2022, this was my most viewed post over those 12 months with more than 23 thousand page views. So I'm just going, what? So to me, that says there are 23,000 people out there who Googled submissive wife and, and came to this article. Okay. And I know in popular culture since 2016, you know, 50 shades of gray has made this submissive marriage, submissive, whatever, a buzzword. And again, I'm going to drop a bomb on you again. This episode has nothing to do with sex, okay? So if you were all excited about that, I'm sorry to disappoint. It's just not what we're getting into here. Being a submissive wife is a biblical idea. And if you don't believe in the Bible, that's cool. Don't you at least think it's an interesting historical book that sheds light on the practices of ancient cultures at bare minimum, give me that, right? So even if you don't believe in the Bible, I still think there are good things here, but it really is a biblical principle. And here is the bottom line. If you take nothing away from this episode, but this, this is what I want you to hear. Being a submissive wife requires a very strong, confident woman. Being a submissive wife requires a strong, confident woman. This is not a pushover. This is not a doormat. This is not for the weak at heart. Because I know you think submissive wife, and what do you think of? A pushover, a doormat, someone who, you know, her husband's always right. He is never held accountable. He doesn't have to answer to anyone. No, 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 no. That is not what we're talking about here. So I think there's a lot of misconceptions around this topic and around this word. And again, I'm not an expert and I cringe at sharing this episode because I know it conjures up a lot of weird images of what this means. 
Um, and so I'm sharing what it's meant for me in my life and honestly, what I need to get back to in my marriage. Uh, but but being a submissive wife is not for the weak. Okay, so, so let's get that misconception out of your mind right now. And again, I wrote this post before Fifty Shades of Grey. And I can almost guarantee that it's picked up steam since that book series came out and the movies and all of that, whatever it was. But we're not talking Fifty Shades of Grey submissive here. We're talking about actual submissive in a biblical term, in a biblical sense. So submitting to your husband's authority. Ooh, that is counterculture today. Oh my gosh, I'll probably be canceled by a lot of you just for even saying this. Submitting to your husband's authority as if you're the weaker sex. Again, this is not being a doormat. This is not being a weak person. It's really, in a nutshell, staying in your own lane. And that is the lane, not that you're told to be in by the establishment or the man or whatever you want to think. No, it's it's the lane that you agree on with your husband. So you've agreed that this is the lane you want to be in. You've agreed together and it's really just staying in your own lane. It simplifies so much. So I really want to make it clear here. This is not about women not having a say or being inferior or being second class. Please know that is so far from what I stand for here on She Just Glows and I think you know that. Please don't get hung up on that word, submissive, okay? But I was shocked. I could not believe this was my number one post of last year. And then I wasn't shocked at the same time, you know? Oh, and I thought, I do not want to talk about. Of all the posts, I mean, there are like a couple that are in my top three that I never want to talk about. One of them is when I spoke out about covering up your nipples while you're breastfeeding. And you can only imagine the outrage that caused. I mean, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of comments and people angry at me over basically saying, I don't want to see your nipple when you're breastfeeding. Um, the second post that I would never touch again is when I was giving away my dog because I had three little kids and the dog was biting their friends and barking at the mailman and it was just too much for me and I put my emotional health above a dog's and I rehomed my chihuahua. You guys, I got death threats because of this post. It was wild. I have never experienced anything like this. I mean, posts were written about my post. It was bizarre. And I mean, I would say number three is probably the submissive marriage post. It's just a sticky topic. Because even I have a negative connotation with that buzzword of submissive in the title. Okay, so, but anyway, we're going to push past that now. We're going we're gonna to get into the post. I know it's what you've been waiting for. I'm going to dive into this, and it's the five things that back in 2016 were seriously changing my marriage. And like I said, there's some good stuff here. I mean, I reread it the other day, and I go, okay, I need to get back to some of this stuff. I am way off base with a lot of this stuff. So I'm going to reshare it with you because I can't ignore that more than 23,000 people randomly found my site and wanted to read this. And part of what I do here, if nothing else, is I will always talk about what no one else will. And this is one of those times, okay? So here goes. And keep in mind, I wrote this when I had three little ones. Today I have four kids. One of them is actually going into middle school this year. So they're a little older than they were when I wrote this post. But I still feel that these points are helpful and applicable. And I hope you do too. Okay, here goes. If you're turned off by the word submissive in the title, trust me, I get it. Keep reading. Disclaimer. 
I'm not a perfect wife and quite often a very crummy one. I'm also not a marriage counselor or expert on submissive marriage. I'm simply sharing what's worked for me. It was nap time. I'd finally gotten all three boys to sleep. I collapsed onto the couch and flipped through the channels on the TV until I landed on the Submissive Wives Guide to Marriage on TLC. I'd never heard of the show and I was immediately intrigued. But what does it mean? It means going back to the Bible and learning about what God says about marriage and wifehood. Submissive? Ugh. I mean, the word gives me the creeps, the heebie-jeebies. It makes me think of a slave or a servant, a woman who doesn't speak and who doesn't ever do anything for herself, who lives to serve her husband, a man who must clearly be a tyrant. Nope, not at all. The show profiles Tara Furman, a well-spoken, middle-aged Christian wife in North Carolina. She's in a happy, more than 25-year marriage, and she credits it to her choice to be a submissive wife. Does it mean she doesn't have an opinion and lets her husband control her? No. It means she focuses on being her husband's helper, lover, and supporter. And as a result, he treats her like a queen. In fact, I think being a submissive wife takes a very strong and confident woman. So about eight weeks ago, without saying a word to my husband, I started my own submissive wife experiment. I took a few points from the show and adapted them into my own marriage. It's been amazing. Here are a few of the changes I've made. Number one, physically greet my husband at the door when he gets home from work with a smile and a kiss, or at least a great attitude. In the show, Furman asks the viewer, is your dog the first person to greet your hubby when he gets home? Think about it. Your husband's been working all day. He's been gone since 7 a.m. He fights traffic and finally gets to the front door of his home. He opens it. The dog is there to say hello, but no one else even looks up. How heartbreaking. Furman calls this process re-entry. And every day when her husband gets home, she and their kids deposit their cell phones into a basket and greet dad at the door. Furman also usually has dinner going and a cold beverage to greet him. Now, with two toddlers and a baby, I'm not always able to do all of this, but I can make a point to stop whatever we're doing when the husband gets home, get up from my seat, and physically meet him at the door with a smile and a big kiss. Sometimes I'm nursing so I don't stand up, but I let the kids greet him at the door and I give him a big smile and hello. One day, I thought ahead enough to get him an ice water in his favorite blue Solo cup and had one of the boys walk it out to him at the car. Groundbreaking? No. But it made him feel special and know that we anticipated his arrival home from work. The point isn't that you have to have dinner ready or you have to be fake happy when he gets home from work. Heck, you may work and you may not even be home when he gets home. The point is that in whatever way you can, communicate that your man is respected, he is the leader of the house, and that the family is happy when he comes home. If you're not going to be home when he gets home, can you make his lunch before he goes into work in the morning or iron the clothes he's wearing tomorrow? However you can, communicate that you're grateful for him. In my experience, the attitude is far more important than the action. Number two, embrace my role as my husband's helper. I've heard this phrase before, but it hadn't really resonated until seeing the show. I can control my own life, the kids, the house, but when it comes to my husband, I can be content to be his helper. And here's what changed it for me. 
Just being the helper totally takes the pressure off me. With three boys four and under, I have enough to worry about every day. So now instead of micromanaging all that my husband does too, I just let it go. And all I need to do is ask him how I can help. For example, for years, it's been my responsibility to manage our rental properties. Now with three young children to bathe, feed, change, and teach, it's a huge drain to my emotional energy to manage tenants and maintenance of our properties. Rather than trying to do it all myself, I asked my husband to take over. He agreed happily. Since then, he's been doing an excellent job, and I have the relief of knowing that he will make the best decisions for our family. I don't need to ask him to give me the rundown of what he's doing for the properties. All I do is ask, is there anything I can do to help? The pressure is now off me, and I don't have to worry about it. And even if something goes wrong, I don't have the pressure of knowing that the responsibility falls solely on my shoulders. It's his responsibility. Number three, oh, preaching this loud for those in the back, including me, hold back when I want to direct my husband. Woo! For me, I'm learning that it's more about what I don't say than what I do. And I'm finding that holding back when I really want to direct or tell my husband what to do might actually be communicating more love and respect to him than words ever could. For example, one night we were grilling dinner, and as is usually the case, it was my job to prepare the sides in the kitchen, and my husband was going to grill the meat outside. We decided we wanted to eat at 5.30, so around 5, I started prepping the sweet potatoes and corn to bake inside, but I noticed my husband wasn't starting the grill. Rather than nag him over and over to start the grill and then telling him that he never times the meat cooking correctly, I asked myself, What is the worst that can happen? Well, the meat won't be done until after the rest of dinner. We might be really hungry by the time dinner starts. Well, we can have some snacks then. So starting that night, I made a conscious decision to not direct my husband. I didn't say a word. Eventually, he started the grill. We ate dinner a little later than normal, but it was fine. Since I hadn't blown up at him or critiqued him, It was a happy, peaceful vibe at the dinner table, and we all had fun. We even laughed, like a lot. The best part was I didn't have to take on the role of being boss of everyone in the house as I might have previously thought I needed to. I don't need to assume that role of being the nagger. The fact is I don't enjoy that, and it's not helpful to anyone. As I continue implementing this lack of directing my husband, I'm realizing I actually don't need to nag. When he knows I'm not going to be reminding him, it seems like he's actually more likely to initiate the tasks on his own. And again, if he doesn't, the responsibility falls squarely on his shoulders. This happened recently when we were leaving on vacation. We were going to be staying in a beach house, which meant we had to bring almost everything with us from shampoo to charcoal to paper plates to food. Before we left, rather than calling the shots, I asked my husband what he wanted me to do. He said he wanted me to handle the interior and he'd take care of putting the boat on the trailer and getting the outside stuff together. Suddenly, it became so easy. Once I knew what my job was from him, that was all I had to worry about. And because I wasn't nagging him to get his stuff done, he just, well, he just did it. Let me tell you, my friend, this was our very first family vacation where there wasn't a single solitary argument, 
disagreement, or miscommunication. We got three boys, four and under, including a five-week-old at that time, down to the beach house with all of our stuff for five days without a single ounce of tension. It was glorious. And it all came from me learning to take his direction, not fighting to direct him and tell him what to do. Number four, I focus on being grateful for what my husband does every day. In the show, Furman focuses a lot on what she loves and values in her husband. And in this process, I've started doing the same. And it turns out it's really helping my attitude about everything. When I focus on how hard my husband works for our family, I'm less likely to be mad when he leaves his dirty socks on the floor. And when I think about how he still thinks I'm beautiful despite 52 pounds of baby weight, I'm not going to be annoyed that I have to take out the kitchen trash again. As an admitted control freak type A personality, this has been a huge change for me. But I simply go into each day asking myself how I can best help my husband and how I can show him my respect and love. Once I realized that I'm thankful for who my husband is, I stopped valuing him based on what he did or didn't do. I started valuing him for the person he is. Number five, I make my husband feel important because he is. My husband works his butt off all day so that I can be home with our kids. My husband loves me unconditionally. When I think of it that way, why wouldn't I want to make him feel important? He is. Once I decided I wanted to make my husband feel special, it just started coming out in my actions. I'd bring him his favorite peppermint tea in bed, or I'd pick him up some new loafers at Target because I noticed his old ones were getting raggedy. I'd let him sleep until 8.30 on a Saturday while I get up with the kids at 6 a.m. Of course, with our three little ones, I'm not always able to do all of this, but the point is, the gratitude is there. If not in my actions, then at least in my mindset. I'm so glad we got to do this today. Listen, everybody knows word of mouth is the best advertising. So if you liked what you heard, follow, share, leave a review, and there's so much more where that came from. Go to SheJustGlows.com to read words of encouragement and inspiration that you just might need today. There you'll also learn about my work as a life coach and how we can work together. My publications have been viewed more than 4 million times by moms around the world. We have such an amazing community. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and well, that's all I got right now. I've decided I'm too old for TikTok. Remember, you've got this. You are enough. I'll see you next time. And until then, you glow girl.